Take your Bibles, please, and turn to well, the book of Job. Book of Job, and I'm thinking I'm in chapter 31 of the book of Job. And let's see, we'll start with verse number one. It's the, what I would say, the familiar story of Job, but um, actually it's, it's uh, chapter one of Job, not 31. Chapter one of Job. There we go. If you'll follow along as I read Job chapter one, we'll read the story of Job just uh, there's there's new people to the church and new Christians and, and maybe the the story is is not as familiar as as is to some uh, but the, just the story of this man Job is extraordinary book in itself but let's read a little bit of the story of this man and you see the things that happened in his life there was a man verse 1 in the land of us whose name was Job and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God. Perfect there means mature. He wasn't without sin, but he was a, a mature and upright man and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and very great household so that this man was the greatest of all men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of men came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hath not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord, and there was a day that his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away, yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. 
and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee while he was yet speaking. There came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Heavenly Father, literally a staggering passage of Scripture just to read it once again. Father, to see all that befell this man before one could even finish, another was waiting to give more bad news in his life. Tragedy after tragedy, tragic things happened to this man. And Father, we come to you today, tonight, and we ask, Father, that you just speak to our hearts as we examine this passage of Scripture. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's something I would say is a little bit traditional to... to preaching is there's certain messages that are uh, a little more Sunday night oriented and then there's messages that are more Sunday morning oriented and so uh, this morning I preached what I would tell you is a Sunday night message and this morning and tonight I'm going to preach to you for all you junior church workers that don't get Sunday morning messages you'll get a Sunday morning message tonight all right this man called Job I would tell you the name of the message is when trouble comes we see in this man's life many hard things that happen to him. And in some ways, he is the model of Scripture. I don't know that anybody, I, I suppose there could be, but there's not too many people in life that have superseded this incident. He lost everything he had, all his wealth, all the animals, all his workers, his servants, his children, everything in a matter of just one day was gone. I don't know that anybody has ever suffered that sequence of things in their life of such tragic proportions and devastation as that. And here we find this man and we find that he sinned not and did not charge God foolishly. We always in our country, in our world, and sometimes it comes closer to us than, than we'd like it to be, that we see very, very tragic circumstances that come into the life of somebody that we know, some more than others that we're closer to. But we, just in the last couple of weeks, have put to rest Abby, Nick and Lacey's little girl, and... Uh, 
through drowning. I believe she was four years old, and uh, we had the, had the funeral in just a heart-wrenching situation uh, with Nick and Lacey, uh, Shanahan, and, and the loss of their precious little girl, Abby. We look around our country, and there's always people suffering. You look around, perhaps even within the context of your own families and relatives, and perhaps you see that there's some tragedies that are going on in lives, broken hearts that are just really broken, circumstances that seem irreparable. And life brings sometimes brings those situations into our world, into our lives, often people we love or relatives, and sometimes it hits closer. All of us could tell of tragedy and hardships that have crossed over the spans of our lives, of people that we knew or people that we loved or our families. There's things all over the world that are happening always. Tragedies, to talk to the missionaries, uh, even during COVID, um, it, it just, the, the tragedies that were happening, the lockdowns that they were suffering, we weren't suffering anything like these people in other countries in lockdowns because the, the way COVID was going through some of these third world countries was just intense. And so the government was having intense lockdowns. And I, I realized that I'm not trying to raise criticism towards anybody. I'm just understanding that these, these folks in these third world countries were, were seeing this just going through their, their, their communities like a wave. And it was, it was just terrible. Pastors were just doing everything they could you know, to try to help families because they were so overwhelmed by this COVID disease. Of course, many of us realize that, that we have loved ones or friends, loved ones that, that we knew that, that we lost. We uh, had our brother-in-law, 59 years old, pass away with COVID. And it was what I would say almost uh, after the COVID season that he, that he came down with it. So we know somebody, the Lord was good to us and blessed us greatly. I don't, I don't think we had anybody hospitalized with COVID. Uh, Brother Wilbur was recently uh, hospitalized, but during the rage, it was... Um, Certainly, by the way, he's, he did very well with it. Praise the Lord for that. But so many, so many people around the world, they, they lack so many things. It's almost unimaginable that the things that we have that we are able to uh, sustain ourselves with, they just, they just don't have such things. I will never forget we were having a, a, a street meeting and we were showing the Jesus movie in a, in a village in Africa. And... Uh, you say the street, it was, uh, there was no street there. It's just just dirt, you know, that's pat down. And uh, I don't think there was a car in, the, in, that, in that village, uh, just, the, just what we drove in with, and that was, that was it. And it was amazing that the Jesus film was being showed in kind of the, the non-downtown section, right? There was really no downtown. That's where the water was. Ladies literally would have a pot on their head like you might imagine in the New Testament. And they would walk under a spigot that was had a curve on the top of it, and they would stand under it, and they would turn the water on and fill their pot. So that's 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 the nature of the village that we were at. And this little boy came up to me. I had a bottle of water that I was holding, and um, it maybe one third of it was left in the bottle. And he looked up at me, asked me if he could have my bottle of water. And of course, here in the states. Obviously, we, you know, you're never going to do that. You're not going to ask somebody something they've been drinking from, right? And um, 
So I was a bit startled, you know, like, what's the right answer to this question? You know, then it just, it came to me. I just, of course you can have the bottle of water. And so I, I gave him the bottle of water, and it just really struck me that just for somebody to ask you if they could just literally, like the scripture would say, if they could have a drink of water, right? And, and here's, here's, here's the part that, that is difficult because it's so typical for us in America Somebody that was with us, one of the guys that was with with the church we were with, that was um, there with us, had taken the trip with us out to this village, and I don't know within within minutes, I don't know just a couple of minutes, one of, one of these guys that's that's with us from the church we were at, you know he's run and he's got me a new bottle of water to drink right. And it's just like all these people just, you know, to have a bottled water, period, right? And here, you know, they're so worried about Americans, right, that we got to have everything. And, and that's really true, isn't it? But just to see, you know, this, this little boy, just a drink of water. And we sometimes when we see the tragedies that we suffer in life and we look at these people around the world, we realize the tragedies they suffer are just beyond our understanding. All of us could tell stories of relatives and friends that have gone through deep hardships. Satan would say to you, God is not good. If God was good, why would he let this happen in your life? If God was good, how many times have you knocked on a door and, and, and somebody said to you the answer, you know, you ask them to come to church and they say, I want nothing to do with God. This happened in my life. I don't want nothing, anything to do with God. That's not very rare. It doesn't happen every week when we're out, but let's just face it, it happens with relative, relatively often that people will tell you why they would have nothing to do with God. Good God would not let such things happen. Throughout history, mankind has suffered great loss and tragedies in their lives. We desire to understand why. All of a sudden, your life was just going along smooth. Here's this man, Job. He's got a great life. He's the richest man there is. He's respected. He's a great man of the Lord. I mean, he really checks off all the boxes. And here we have this man that's doing everything right. God has blessed him in amazing ways. And all of a sudden, the bottom completely drops out. Quite a, quite a thing when we see the scriptures and the attitude that he came back with that was that he did not curse God. He didn't have anything bad to say against God. He kept his integrity for the Lord. We often want to understand, God, why did this happen? There's such a feeling of out of control. You know, our lives are pretty controlled, aren't they? We don't realize it, but we are. We, we walk out the door and perhaps you get your car out of the garage or perhaps you have your car parked in, in the driveway. But we get out of there and what do we do? We go in there and we start in our car and, and we jump in it and we go where we want to go. We go to work, we, we do what we want to do. We don't really give it any thought. That's just what we do every day. We just jump in the car. It's not like a big thing, right? Isn't it amazing how we have so many luxuries and we don't even take thought of all the things that we have? But I'll tell you, when those things are taken away, it seems like it's just like, whoa, 
what are we going to do? Get on the phone immediately. The air conditioner is not working, right? Amen? Got to get, get the air conditioning guy out here now. I mean, the thing's been down for 10, 15 minutes, and we keep going like this. We could, we could be spending the whole night in here with no air conditioning. You know, we've got a crisis in our life. I mean, don't let the hot water go out, right? What are you going to do? Take a cold shower? Give me a break. Who can do that? I, I, you, you realize we, we, we have got ourselves in this posh bubble, and then when, when something happens in our life, it's very difficult for us to measure it and to manage it because all of a sudden we felt like everything was in our control. Our car is going to stop, it's our start, it's, going, it's in good repair, the, the roads are plowed, all these things that we just take for granted that are just all going to fall in place in our life and then all of a sudden tragedy comes into our life and it's just a total uproar in our life because we have everything in our control and then all of a sudden everything in your life Everything in this man's life was now out of control. Every emotion, every thought, it probably even what they were going to have for supper. This man lost everything. Matter of probably just minutes or one day, everything was gone. Totally out of control. There's going to be times in your life that you are going to understand that everything is out of your control, all the things that you thought you had, all the things that you thought were going well, and then one event in your life can literally turn your life upside down, and even though it won't be true, you will feel like everything is out of my control. God, how did everything slip out of my control? How, did, how can that happen to me? You know, and so we, we, sent, we start asking questions, not so much of why God did you do this to me, but we start asking ourselves, questioning, you know, what, what is it in, in life that, that has happened here in my life? We may see somebody with, with things that are going wrong in their life and bad things that are happening to good people and, you know, what's the point of serving God? We can consider perhaps, you think in your heart, you say, well, is there sin in my life? Is that what's going on? I, I don't think we generally sit around and think of others in that regard, but when it comes to your home, when it comes to your life, you're going to ask yourself, is, is, is there something, God, that I'm doing? Is there some sin in my life? Maybe that sin is, you, you think, maybe that's the thing. Is because, man, there's maybe some sin that I'm not considering, and God's trying to get my attention I look at Job. Of course, his friends weren't very friendly to him, but they were asking all these questions, right? You know, you must have done something wrong. You must have done this. You must have done this. There, there's something here, Job, that you've done. And, and I don't think we generally judge people in that fashion, but certainly as we read the book of Job, we understand these men are saying to Job, there is some reason why all this happened. And I realize it was the blessing and cursing was, was basically the economy, so you might say, and we live in the, in the area of grace in our lives through the G Lord Jesus Christ, but they certainly were blessing and cursing. And if you were sinful, then God did bad things to you was the way folks of that era were looking at it. Why do the innocent suffer? Why do they seemingly, the people that we think have nothing going on in their life, that would lead them through sin to have such suffering. Why do bad things happen to good people? What is the point? Why is God challenging us and trying us and 
we have a hard time understanding and all of a sudden our world that was so controlled by everything was working, the air condition was working, all of our stuff is in a row. And we think, man, Lord, I've been, I've been giving, you know, to the church. I, I, I don't know of any deep sin in my life. Certainly I'm not perfect, but we, we, we go through those areas and we wonder why God is this happening. Sometimes you may look at others and you think, God, why are things happening in their life? What is happening to them? Why is it happening to them? We can say all kinds of things. Well, maybe it's sin or maybe it's this. We can say, well, you just need to look on the bright side, right? Look on the bright side of things. Can you imagine walking up to Job and saying, hey, Job, you got to look on the bright side. He'd say, well, that's ridiculous. There is no bright side. He's lost everything. Sometimes we have that attitude. Man, you've got to look on the bright side. Another thing that we'd often say is, well, look at this person. And you, you come up with somebody that you know, and you say, this, this person has been through so many deeper, darker, harder, harder trials than you've been through. And you know, sometimes if you kind of consider, you know, compared to somebody else, I, I, I really have it pretty good. By comparison, I have it pretty good. And so we often would do that. We say, you know, you can kind of work your way out of this by just saying, you know, compared to this person, you know, you, you got it better. Look at, look at what, what their problem is. And your problem's not as big as their problem or sin in your life. But we, we have these things that we try to rationalize. Why are these things happening in our life? And how can we bring some kind of positive answer? You know, you go to the hospital and sometimes you, as a pastor, you, you know, I mean, what do, you, what do you say when this little girl's laying on, on, the t on the bed with everything attached to her from head to toe? She's still alive, this little happy, but, but what are the words you say? What is, what is there to say? Because you, you can't see any hope, you don't know why, and you've got a broken-hearted lady here, to, to say the least, and for good reason. We can look positive. Be positive. Look on the bright side. Boy, I tell you what, there's times in your life that that's okay. I mean, there's sometimes it's just some people's attitude is just really negative, and you, and you just think to yourself, man, if you would just get out of this negativity man, and look, look up and look at the bright side and look at all the good things that God is doing in your life. And sometimes that's really true. They, these people just are really not seeing how good they have it. But then there's times that things, you don't have any easy answers and there's really nothing to be said that can bring any peace to the circumstances. You just have hearts that are broken. We have the, why God do oftentimes it's seemingly innocent people suffer. We look at a man like Job and we see that there was no reason that we see in this man's life that he was suffering. We see his story, and we, we, we can't figure out why, why God would this man be suffering. Of course, his friends were explaining to him all the reasons that he must be guilty of this, otherwise it wouldn't be happening, and, and I don't think that's the normal. But it certainly was in their day. Here's a man that's offering sacrifices for his family just in case they had a thought that was evil in their heart, and so he's offering sacrifices. I mean, I don't know what more this man could do. Others would say, well, his wealth and all these things, you know, where he had it so good, you know, and certainly in his heart, there was arrogance, there was pride, there was something in his heart. But we look at the story and we realize those things didn't exist in this man's heart. There were just things that 
came to his life. He, he, this man helped the poor. We have Satan, of course, that is the accuser of the brethren. Satan mocks Job's love for God, of course. Oh, of course he, of course he serves you. Of course, you know, he's behaving himself. Why? Because you've given him everything. You've got a hedge around him. He's rich. Everything a man could have, he has. Of course he worships you. Of course. And of course, God gives Satan a free reign pretty much on this man's life. You can't take his life. Anything but him. And boy, he lost everything but his own life. He did spare his wife. What if God took everything away? Can you imagine that? What if God took everything? This precious couple recently lost their beautiful child, Abby. Whew, that's a lot. This man, Job, God took everything. Everything. Even the comfort of his wife, perhaps, that would share his tears, but that wasn't there either. He lost everything. If God doesn't come through, what if God doesn't come through? What is the marker in your life? It's like, God, I, I can take a lot of problems, but there's certain things in life that don't touch. Don't touch this or don't touch this. And if we, we feel like and we see it happen, if certain things happen in lives, they're done with God. That's it. Why would God do this to me? Or why did God do this to my son or daughter? Why, why did this happen in my life? And we almost have a point of God, I can, I can handle a lot, but there comes a point that you've gone over the line and I'm done with God. And you're going to find plenty of those people. The line got crossed. Something hit them harder than what they believed was fair of God. And so many of those have fallen by the wayside, even those that know Christ is their Savior. What is it in your life? This is it, God. If this ever happened in my life, this would be a line that has gone too far. Is God enough in your life? Is God enough? We know that he'll never leave us or forsake us, but is God enough? Is there something that he lacks that he cannot bring you if certain things came to your life? If God doesn't produce, I'm done with this. I'm done with this Christian life. And those are scattered all over our world of those that said that was too much and God is not fair, God doesn't love me, God, God doesn't know what's going on, there is no God, fill in the blank, but they're done because of something and you cross their paths. Why do bad things happen to good people? It was never meant for Job to know why. It was never meant. I don't see where God gave him an explanation for why it happened. We see that God turned it around and blessed him greatly. But you don't replace 10 children with 10 new children. No such thing. God did bless him. God gave him back and gave him more than he had before. He gave him 10 new children, so to speak. Had a new, new, new family. 
But still, the loss of all those children was permanent. They were gone. When is it too much? I know in my life, there's, there's, there seems, as I was growing up, and you're growing up in a Christian home, and you're, I don't know, you feel like you're living a decent life, and you feel like you go to church, and you're doing the things that are just the perfunctual things to be done, and you just think like everything's going to be all, all right your whole life. And then you get older, and you see all the tragedies of life coming to others that you know, and people you love, and you see suffering in their lives. And some fall, and some do not. They stand. It was never meant for Joe to have the answers of why. Ladies and gentlemen, in a church this size, there are at times there's going to be questions that we never have answers to. And we will never know the answer to it until we see the Lord generally. Many things will happen in life. People you know, perhaps relatives, friends, people... Coming from a big church, there's, there's so many things that happen in a, in, a, in a large congregation just by sheer numbers, tragedies that are relatively often that you see happen in people's lives. And to see people that stay faithful to the Lord, thinking of a precious couple that lost their daughter, just a beautiful young lady in a skiing accident, a youth activity, friends of ours, and all the heartache of the loss of daughter and just the hardships that they suffered as a result of that. Job got no answers that I can see from God. He was blessed in the future, but I don't see answers. And I come to you tonight and I read you the, the scripture and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his person, purpose. And we, we know that scripture is true, but it doesn't fill the hole. Uh, for some time. Matter of fact, the scripture doesn't even make any sense for a while. I see this precious couple that suffered the loss of their daughter. And it's so hard to say this, this good is going to come out of it. And we know that all things work together for good. I would tell you tonight, sometimes it's going to be a matter of faith in your life. Not actual what you're going to see. But it's going to come as a test of faith. When I see this man, Job, it wasn't about what God was going to do for him or what God was going to replace. It was a matter of the testing of this man's faith. Could he stand strong? And he has been the guy. Job, I believe, is the oldest book in the Bible. And you, you have this man that God tested this severely so that all the rest of the generations, literally of all time, look at this man who did not fail. I don't believe God gave him any explanations or any answers. He just stayed faithful. Insurmountable, insurmountable suffering. Pain, literally pain. Nothing was on his side. Friends turned against him. Everything was against him. Yet there was no line in this man's life that said, okay, God, that's enough. You have crossed it. I give up. I quit never came to this man's life. Tragedies will come in lives. We don't know. Again, I say in a large church, it's more often, and so you see things happen. We see that all things are working together for good, but I would tell you, you may never see it until you see the Lord. That's why we call it faith.
That's why we call it faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What's the rest of it? Evidence of things not seen. God's not always going to show you. I don't know that God could show this man, Job, why this happened. Why did you lose everything? Why was all your riches gone? Why did everything disappear in your life? We know why because we're seeing it in the Bible, and it's, it's the testimony of all time for all of us to see this man and how he handled himself. Church, there's going to be things in your life that you won't be able to see. And that's when you find out about something that's called faith. And you turn it over to God and you just trust God with it because you don't, you don't believe you'll ever see the answer to it. And so you give it to God. This man, Job, suffered the loss after loss after loss after loss. And yet he never turned his heart, mind against God. He stayed strong in faith. I would tell you tonight, the answer to the question of pastor, what is it? Our school principal, Dr. Robert Bellings, always said this every time. Walk with God, young people. Walk with God. I can't recall him ever being at the pulpit ever not stopping whatever he was doing and say, walk with God, young people, walk with God. Ladies and gentlemen, when it appears that all is loss, walk with God. He is enough. Won't stop always the suffering or the pain that people suffer. You've seen it, you have relatives, you have friends, you know people suffering. But the thing that is going to make the difference is a Job that it just stays faithful and walks with God. It wasn't the end of the road for Job. Happy days did return. And that's you know, often people that uh, are tried heavily. It's not as if the rest of their life is in pain. It's not that way. God brings peace to their heart. But I would challenge you tonight when you can't see, draw nigh to God the one who sees everything, the one that knows all. It's not time to run. It's not time to say, God, why did this happen? It's not time to question. It's time to say, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. This man, Job, I think God put out in front of us the first book of the Bible that we have written is believed the oldest book of the Bible was the suffering of this man, Job. And there's never been any generation that has ever been alive has not recognized this man and the example he set for all of us in this eternal book, the Bible. The man at Job, he stands above, in some sense, all other tragedies in lives that could ever happen and sets the stage and the example of a man that would not falter no matter what came his way. All across the room tonight, there has been a variety of things that have come into your life that have tempted you to quit, but you're here tonight. Smart, good, faithful. Stay faithful. It won't stop happening until we see Jesus. But there's a room, many people in the room tonight, everything that was important, not maybe not everything, but some of the most valuable things that you've ever had in your life have disappeared. 
and your heart's broken. You've lost things that you never thought you would lose. You've, you've had relationships that you never, never thought would ever, ever come to an end, but yet your heart's broken. You, the relationships that you counted on are, are, not, are not there for you anymore. Stay faithful. I'm uh, so proud of so many people in this church that have suffered, and yet they still are showing up, still in their place, still serving the Lord, still put a smile on their face, whether, it, whether it's fake or not, they put a smile on it and they keep coming. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own way, but on all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. So many of you have stayed faithful through hard times, and I'm just, uh, as your pastor, I'm so proud of you and thankful that God has guided you through the storms. Hang in there. For many, life is long in some sense, and trials will come. Look to this man when trials come. Father, we thank you so much for your word. The faithfulness of our God, even in this man where we find it seemingly a trial that was undeserved and we can't figure out why God would bring this into his life and now for all these literally thousands of years this man has been the man that has sustained so many people that have not suffered as much and they've looked to this man's life and the faithfulness to the Lord and his love for God and his just strength that he stood through all kinds of tests and trials and tremendous loss and criticism. Friends that, of course, just gave him a very difficult time trying to get him to admit things of which he had not done. And yet, Father, he did not give up. And Father, thank you that you gave us this life of this man so when we see the hardships and the trials of life, we know that you are always faithful and that your word is always good. Thank you for the precious salvation that you've given to us. Thank you, Father, that we have it and we are eternally saved. Bless now this invitation of thy honor and thy glory.